Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who is accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a multitude of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we continued our look at the direct examination of Blanca Simpson, a longtime friend of Maggie Murdoch who also worked for the Murdoch family. In this installment, we conclude our review of John Matter's direct examination and begin our presentation of Dick Harpudlian's cross of Ms. Simpson. That's all coming up right after the break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It is the late morning of February 10th, 2023, day 13 of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Judge Clifton Newman denied defense attorney Dick Harpudlian's motion for a mistrial, ruling that Blanca Simpson's testimony regarding Maggie Murdoch's expression of anxiety about the financial impact of the lawsuits against her family was in fact admissible under the race gesti exemption to the hearsay rule. As we begin this installment, Judge Newman tells the jury that the defense objection has been overruled and allows prosecutor John Metters to ask Ms. Simpson about her last conversation with Maggie Murdoch. Thank you. The uh, last objection is overruled and you may proceed. Ms. Simpson, in the days leading up to the murders of Paul and Maggie Murdoch, Based on your time with her, was Maggie Murdoch anxious about anything? She was concerned about the amount of money that they were requesting on that lawsuit. Thirty million is what she told. You must mark two nines. Judge Clifton Newman interrupts Mr. Matters. Pose a question. There's an objection. The court overruled the objection. And do you want the witness to answer the question that you posed? Yes, sir. I see it. Well, you posed a separate question. Yes, sir. I thought she had answered. You said she was worried about $30 million. Can you explain that more? That wasn't your question. That, that, that there was an objection to. Uh, if Do you withdraw the question that you posed prior to the court's ruling on the objection? No, sir. Or no. you forgot the question? To the world. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, proceed. What was she anxious about? She said she knew the amount of money that they were asking but she felt that Alec was not being truthful to her with regard to what exactly was going on with that lawsuit. She said, he doesn't tell me everything. Prosecutor John Metters next plays a video on the monitor for Ms. Simpson. It is the video recorded by Paul Murdoch moments before his death, in which we see his dog Cash and hear the voices of a man and a woman in the background of the recording. The video has of course been played by the prosecution for several of the previous witnesses, and each of those witnesses identified the woman's voice as Maggie Murdoch's, and the other man's voice as Alex Murdoch's. 
After showing the video to Ms. Simpson, Prosecutor Metters asks, Ms. Monica, had you seen that before? Yes, sir. Okay. Do you recognize voices on there? Yes, sir. Who do you recognize? It's Paul, Maggie, Alec. And have previously, have you said uh, in a memo or a memorandum in interviews that you thought you may have heard another voice? Yes, sir, I did um, at, a, at a distance. But having listened to it again, have you listened to it this week? I mean, it's not a, on TV. Have you seen it? I have. There's only three voices, Alec, Maggie, and Paul. So after hearing it several times, is that your conclusion? Yes, sir. Just a few more questions. Would Ma Miss Maggie Mardall, did she go down to the kennels at night by herself? No, sir. Okay. And you say that emphatically. Why, why, do you know that? She was scared. Okay. It got dark out there. So would she go down there by herself? No. Did she like to go down there when it wasn't dark? She did. And did she like playing with the dogs? She always took the dogs with her. Which dogs were hers? Grady and Bubba were always with her. Okay. So when she was at Edisto, where would Grady and Bubba be? Sometimes she would take both of them, but the majority of the time, um, in the last few months, she was um, alternating. She would take one or if not the other. Can you tell us about um, the defendants? Did you ever see him with his cell phone? Alex Murdahl, did you ever see him use his cell phone? Yes, sir. Can you tell the jury his habits with the cell phone? Would he have it a lot? Did he use it a lot? Yes, sir, he did. He was always on his phone. I'm um, Say that again? He was always on his phone. But, and Paul, were you familiar with his habits as regarding cell phones? Not the times that he was there at the house, he was um, always on his phone. If he'd go in the shower or whatever, he'd play his country music on the phone. Um, but that's the extent that I know from what I, what I observed being there in the house. And when you were in, uh, on June 8th, and you've talked about it, and I'm not trying to rehash that, but on June 8th of 2021, when you went to clean up the house, is that pretty much what you saw in the bathroom, the pants and the damp towel? Yes, sir. There was a, there was a rug right as you step out of the shower. There was like a slight puddle of water, a towel, a white towel, and then a pair of khaki pants. She didn't see any bloody clothes or anything like that? No, sir. Prosecutor Metters next plays another video recorded by Paul on the day of the murders. Again, this video was played for previous witnesses and shows Alex Murdoch holding a tree. In the video, Alex has on a blue button-down short-sleeve shirt, khaki pants, and brown loafers. Is that individual in the courtroom? Yes, sir. Okay. Is it Alex Murdoch sitting between Mr. Harper? Sitting right there. Yes, sir. And the record is reflecting. Thank you, Judge. Have you ever, ever, ever seen that blue that shirt again? No, sir, not to, not to my knowledge. Have you ever seen these shoes again that he's wearing here? No, sir. And the Sperry cloth, you said the Sperry shoes, have you ever seen those again? No, sir. That's all, thank you. With that, Prosecutor John Metters concludes his direct examination of Blanca Simpson. Defense Attorney Dick Harpudlian rises to begin his cross-examination of the witness. And my name is Dick Harpudlian, I represent the man you know as Alex, right? Yes, sir, I mentioned before. I don't think we've ever met before, have we? Yes, we have. We've met? Yes, sir, at the house. Maggie's funeral. Oh, at Maggie's funeral, yeah. Uh, I, I apologize. A lot of people there that day. Yes, sir. Alex has always referred to you when people ask who you are as his friend, correct? That is correct. Never called you his housekeeper, right? That is correct. Uh, he always, when, when he introduced you, as his friend. That is correct. Now... 
You've also, I think, in multiple interviews with Sweat and other folks, described, I think the words were, Maggie was his all. Isn't that, didn't you, isn't that what you told Sweat? Yes, sir. What does that mean, Maggie was his all? He, he adored her. He, he loved her. He adored her. Worshipped her. I mean, just treated her as somebody he adored, correct? Exactly. Yes, sir. Now, I think they also asked you if you ever saw them have any arguments. And no, I did not ask that objection. Restate the question, please. Well, I asked you if you'd ever seen them have any arguments. Don't quite understand the basic objection. Restate the question. You may respond. What was the question again, sir? Did you ever see them have any arguments? I never saw them have arguments. It was just minor disagreement because of the remodeling. And I think you cite specifically they had... When you said they had arguments, it was about the paint colors, for instance. One of them was Maggie was set on getting a certain white, and Alec was saying, just get whatever white, basically. You know, he didn't care. She wanted a specific white, and he just didn't. You never saw them have any violent arguments or argue about money or argue about relationships. It was all the minor things that most couples go through. Um, picking paint colors and those kinds of things. Is that correct? Yes, sir. To, to some, they would disagree on... It wasn't that they disagreed. The only thing that I remember Maggie saying was that she just wanted him to sit still and listen to her for at least 10 minutes at a time because he was always on the go. Is that an uncommon complaint between husbands and wives or wives to husbands? I want you to listen to me. Is that right? She just was, She would get frustrated because of that. Right. Do you ever tell your husband that? Just listen to me. Sit. All the time. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Defense attorney Dick Harpudlian continues his cross-examination by asking Ms. Simpson about her experiences in the time immediately before and after the murders. Let me talk a little bit about the uh, morning of the 7th. Yes, sir. And then the morning of the 8th, because I understand you left before um, Paul, Maggie, or Alec was on the Moselle property on the 7th, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. We're going to talk about those texts in just a minute between you and Maggie, but um, you fixed some dinner for them. I did. And did you set a table, or did they have to go get their own plates and put them? No, out? I left the food on the stove. Right. And and normally the next day the pots would still be on the stove, right? Yes, sir. Would they clean up their plates or leave those in the sink, or how would that go? Sometimes uh, the plates would be in the living room. There was no plates in the living room. Um, they were in the sink. Okay, when you got there on the morning of the 8th. The plates were in the sink. They were not in the living room. Okay, now, are you aware of how many people were in there, how many friends, law partners, his sister, who was in the Moselle house on the night of the 7th? No, sir. Okay, if I told you there were 12 to 15 of them, would that surprise you? I mean, Maggie and Paul just killed. Was he very close with his law partners? Yes, sir. Okay, his sister, Lynn, do you know Lynn? 
I don't. I, I met her at um, Maggie's when Maggie passed. Okay. And would it surprise you to know that the uh... prosecutor Metters again objects? This time, asserting that Dick Harpoolian is offering testimony rather than asking questions. Well, I'm going to object. Just going to ask her if she knows you, right? Well, the objection is sustained. He cannot testify. I'll make it more general than this. Do you know if anyone that evening of those people moved the food from the stovetop to the refrigerator? I don't know. Okay. Well, let me ask you this. Let's back off just a little bit. You drove over from his mother and father's house, correct? That is correct. That morning, the 8th, to Moselle, right? Yes, sir. And instead of coming in your normal way, which would have been the entrance by the kennels, where there, did you see all the police down there? No, sir, I did not. Okay. You drove up to the main entrance that would go straight up to the house, or if you took a right on that road, you'd end up back down at the kennels, right? Yes, sir. And you came up that, were there police around the, the, the house up there? Not around the house. Okay. Did anyone question whether you should go into the house or not? No, sir. Were there any, was there anybody in the house other than you? No, sir, it was me. So did you find it strange that this was a crime scene? Objection. I need to hear the question. I'm sorry. The question would be, did you find it strange there was no law enforcement present at the house that morning? Question. Go ahead. It wasn't strange because there was law enforcement all over on the kennel side. It wasn't strange that they allowed me to go into the house. Well, let me ask you this. Did anybody from SLED show up while you were there that morning? I believe there was an officer. I do not recall the officers. Do you remember somebody coming in to search the house while you were there? There were several agents that came through. Right. But, okay, but you'd been there for a while before they got there? Yes, sir. Did they ask you about clothes you'd found, or did they ask you about anything that you found out of the ordinary, anything like that? I didn't ask any questions. They didn't ask me. They just went about doing what they were doing. And were they going from room to room? Were they looking for things under the bed? Do you, do you remember? It appeared that that's what they were doing, sir. Okay. But that was after you got there and picked up the bathroom, picked up the, 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 the mm -hmm. towel? No, sir. I hadn't picked up anything at that point because I was still in shock, and I was still trying to process what had just happened to my friend. So they would have seen the khaki pants on the floor. Objection. Again, John Matters objects to the defense attorney testifying. This time, Harpoolian quickly rephrases his statement in the form of a question. Did they go into the bathroom? I couldn't tell you, sir. The, ba the, the, the laundry room sits on the other side of the house, and I had to take some time to process what had happened to Maggie and Paul. I didn't, I know I saw agents that went upstairs to Paul's room. I, I saw them walking through the house, sir, but I don't, I don't know what they took, what they didn't took. All I can tell you is what I saw when I got there. Okay. After, while they're there or after they left, is that when you went into the bathroom and saw the khaki pants, somebody taking a shower, um, there was a towel on the floor, khaki pants on the floor. Was that before or after they left? Yeah, after. Okay. So all those items would have been, they would have been there for those folks to see as far as you know. Yes, sir. Now, let me ask you a couple of things and, and, and about what you saw. The, the, they keep showing you this picture by the tree of Alex, and he appears to have on a khaki pair of pants in that picture, correct? Yes, sir. And I'm sure he had a number of different pairs of khaki pants. But were those khaki pants similar to the ones he has on in the picture? Could they be the same one? They could be, but he had several. Right. And in terms of somebody had taken a shower, it looked like there was water on the floor? 
Yes, sir. Now, did Alex take a number of showers every day? Was he a pro prolific shower taker? Not that I'm aware. He would get up in the morning, take a shower, and go to work. But did he take showers other times during the day? I wasn't there in the evening hours, so okay. I don't know. Okay. So, but it wasn't, wasn't unusual for when you got there to find a, a towel on the floor and water on the floor from him having, having taken That wasn't unusual. No. Okay. I think that when you were asked about a shirt, and we can pull this if you want to go back to, whether there was a shirt there also, you said you couldn't remember. Is that correct? With regard to? Whether there was a shirt with the khakis on the floor. You said, I couldn't remember. I could not remember whether there was a shirt with a khaki pants. All I remember is a white, damp towel sitting there. Okay, and the khaki pants. Yes, sir. But you don't remember the what, whether, and I think you told the grand jury, I don't remember whether it was a shirt or wasn't a shirt, correct? That is correct. And that's today. You can't tell this jury there wasn't a shirt on the floor. You just can't, you can tell them you don't remember, correct? What was your question? You can't tell this jury there wasn't a shirt on the floor because you can't remember whether there was a shirt on the floor or not. Isn't that what you told the grand jury? Yes, sir. Okay. So we know there's a pair of khaki pants. There may have been a shirt. Um, and those shoes, um, well, let me ask you this. You know on the night of the 7th. Yes, sir. Alec had left, correct? He wasn't there when you got there the next morning. No, sir. He wasn't there. Okay. As a matter of fact, he never spent another night at Moselle that no, you sir, did. He did not. Matters objects on the grounds that the question calls for the witness to speculate. Dick Harpoodlian responds. He knows, Your Honor. I can answer if you know whether or not he's ever spent another night. After the murders, did he ever spend another night at Moselle, to your knowledge? He did not. So when he left that night on the night of the 7th and went to um, his mother and father's house, you don't know what clothes he took with him, what shoes he was wearing. You have no idea, correct? That is correct. Um, and um, were you aware that Swed had confiscated the clothes that he had on? At that moment, I didn't. Okay. Well, you are now. Yes, sir. I do know that. Okay. A white T-shirt, pair of shorts that he showed you, and um, whatever, whatever shoes he had on, some sneakers, right? I didn't see the sneakers, but I saw the clothing items. Okay. And so he had to put on, if they did that, other clothes to go over his mother's house, correct? Objection. Yet again, Metters objects that Harpoodlian is testifying, and again, the defense attorney rephrases his statement in the form of a question. Would it stand to reason he'd have to put on other clothes or go in his underwear? I would assume so, yes. Okay. Do you know what he wore over at his mother's house? No, sir. Do you know whether he wore those shoes? No, sir. You don't know? So we when... Objection to... Objection. Matters rises for the first in a series of objections. Basis for the objection. To which question? To that last one, shoes. I don't know what specificity he says to those shoes. I don't know what he's... I'm sorry. The shoes that you say you saw... In the Snapchat photo, you say you never saw again, right? That is correct. Okay, you don't know whether he wrote, he uh, wore those shoes the night of the seventh over to his mama's house, do you? I don't know that. I wasn't okay. there. You don't know what he wore over there, correct? That's correct. I wasn't there. He may have even worn that shirt that you said you never saw again, correct? Objection. Objections overruled. Right. Correct. Okay. Now, if somebody alleged that. Those khaki pants were what Alex was wearing the night of the... I'm going to object. I need to hear the question. I, I can't finish the question. I'm sorry, Your Honor. Let me state this. If somebody were to say that Alec Murdoch, as ridiculous as it sounds, was wearing those khaki pants when he... Objection. Objection sustained. Let me put it this way. 
Did you see any blood on those khaki pants? No, sir. He washed them, right? Yes, sir. Did you put anything on them to get blood stains out? I mean, uh, would there be... Are you being saying that I, that I removed blood stains off of khaki pants? I'm asking you rhetorically. I'm asking you, did, did you see any blood stains? There appeared to be no blood stains okay. on those pants. Okay. And in the bathroom, did you see any bloody footprints? I did not. Did you see any blood on that towel? No, sir. Did you see anything indicating to you there'd been anybody wearing bloody shoes or washing off, after, washing blood off, or anything that would indicate that somebody, after a murder, had gone back to that room, changed clothes, covered in blood, uh, took a shower, and changed Objection. clothes? Did you see anything that would indicate that? Jackson, don't rule. Go ahead. I've, this is the first time that I have ever been in a situation where somebody was murdered. Right. I didn't know, as far as what you're asking me, if there was anything bloody in there. No, it did not appear to be anything bloody in there. Did you clean the shower that day? Yes, sir. I rinsed it off. You rinsed it off. Nobody told you not to rinse off the shower? No, sir. And again, nobody from SWED, as that group went through, asked you, you know, did you see bloody footprints? Did you see any evidence that there was anything bloody in that sh that bathroom? Did anybody ask you that? No, sir. And your testimony is those khaki pants were there after Sled left? Yes, sir. And maybe even a shirt, you can't remember? Yes, sir, possibly a T-shirt, but I did not see it. I, I don't remember. Okay, you don't remember what kind of shirt, if there was a shirt. Not objection. The objection is overruled. De Carpudlian appears to be flustered for a moment by the frequent objections from Mr. Metters. Thank you. Do you remember, you know, I'm doing like Mr. Metters now, I forgot the question. But let me see if I can get this back on track. This, these interruptions are getting me a little askew. Now, let's talk a little bit about, let me talk a little bit about the cell phone service in Moselle. You had a cell phone? Yes, sir. And the servicer was who? What, what was it, Verizon? Or do you the, the cell phone carrier is Verizon, yes, sir. Okay. And so... Did you ever have any trouble getting a signal anywhere on the Moselle property, up at the house, down at the dog kennels? Was it sporadic? Yes, sir, it was. Okay, and sometimes you'd be talking to somebody and they'd drop off. You'd, you'd, the call would end, not because you ended it, because the service was bad. Yes, sir, you were moving around in the house, certain areas, you could not get a signal. What about down from the kennels? It was, it was touch and go in the kennels. You, you really... You, you, once you got signal, you better stay where you were at, because if you moved, you were going to lose your signal. Okay. So it would not, not be unusual at the kennels, if you did move, um, that if you were having a conversation or getting texts or trying to answer a text, you wouldn't be able to do so. It, like I said, it depends on where you were. You kind of knew the areas. At least for me, I already knew that if I had to make a call or send a text, I would walk out the kitchen door straight to the edge of the corner right there on the porch and make my call and not move. If not, I would lose the call or I, w I would not be able to make my call. What about at the kennels? At the kennels, like I said, it depends on the area where you were at. And once, basically everybody, we all kind of knew that if you moved out of a certain area and went to another, you were gonna lose signal. Okay, now at the kennel, do you know what area you could get a call, keep that, I mean, was there a, you just talked about up at the house, there was a sweet spot, if you'll. Pardon, yes, sir. Was there a sweet spot down at the kennel, or do you know? I, I'm not. I'm not sure at the kennels, but I do remember uh, Mr. CB saying that the signal out there was horrible for making calls or getting calls, or making sending texts or getting texts. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Let me let me talk to you a little bit about this conversation in August 
of, of 21 after the murders. Yes, sir. Mr. Uh, Allen came over and uh, was inquiring of you what shirt he had on that day, correct? It didn't feel like he was inquiring. It felt more like he was trying to convince me of the shirt that he was wearing. Did he tell you that he just finished? Objection. Metters forcefully objects to Harpoodlians asking the witness about something the defendant said, apparently anticipating that any such testimony would be hearsay evidence. I'm sorry, I'm just asking if he told you something. Objection. Cross-examination. Um, I'm objecting to hearsay for the record. I need to hear the question um, Did, uh, number uh, one. Uh, number two is cross-examination. Did he tell you that he just finished Objection. meeting? There is a smattering of nervous laughter in the courtroom at Prosecutor Metter's repeated and now forceful objections. Do you want me to pose the question, Your Honor, or not? Right. I'm going to send the jury to the jury room. Please do not discuss the case. With Judge Clifton Newman's decision to address the prosecutor's pattern of objections outside the presence of the jury, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we review how Judge Newman addresses the prosecution's repeated objections, and as we conclude our look at the testimony of Blanca Simpson. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And, if you'd like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced, written, and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Trial audio is courtesy of Law & Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.